Hi, my name is Brazil. My name is Nick. And we are the co-editors-in-chief of Arthur Newspaper for Volume 55. This is a segment on the Trent Lands and Nature Areas plan. And this is kind of an introductory primer for Trent students, community members, and anyone interested in learning more about this plan. We have a lot more coverage about the lands plan and the consultation process surrounding it coming down the pipes in the next few weeks. So please keep a close eye on all of our social media channels. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Trent Arthur News, on Twitter at Trent Arthur, and on Facebook as Arthur Newspaper. As well, you can find all of our articles on our website, which is trentarthur.ca. Uh, some of you may know about the ongoing conversation surrounding the Trent Lands and Nature Areas plan, which has been released in draft to the community for review until January 4th. Um, and what we're going to do today is just kind of warm you all up to what the lands plan is, what it does, and why it's important. Um, now that we have the lands plan town hall behind us it was last night wednesday night at four we can tell you a little bit more about what kind of feedback we witnessed and why that's relevant to perhaps your understanding of the lands plan and like how you can move forward um if you want to interact with this issue more mm -hmm. so the lands plan you know in broad strokes it really just outlines what the development of the campus will look like over the next few decades. This seems to be kind of a routine thing that Trent does every so often. But yeah, it's an ongoing project for the university. I have heard um, from people who've been around a bit longer that, you know, the university has just kind of like expanded in random directions. And so th th there is like very much like a justified cause for like, let's plan out where we're next going to build, where the next Soski College is going to be. Um, not, sorry, not that there's going to be a Soski College, but that like that scale of development where really the landscape of what Trent is, is changing. Um, there, it, there should be a plan. Mm -hmm. And the plan also outlines this more kind of abstract aspect of yeah outlining the values that will inform the plan that will inform the future direction that trend goes in um, and having you know a community conversation about what those values are yeah and so why that kind of ties into like why these things matter well for one it's the future of the place um, you're going to live and learn in um, it'll determine the future of student experiences uh, at Trent so how people will interact with this institution what this institution will look like as a place to live and learn it also you know balances delicately between being so high level that it doesn't specify anything super specific uh, but at the same time it's a document that serves to justify any and all development decisions that will take place. So this is a really critical moment um, because the decisions that are made over the next few months are going to, you know, 
impact decisions that are made over the next few decades. Mm -hmm. And it's a time also that the university has committed in a lot of ways to talking to the community. And so it's our prerogative and our responsibility to talk back and to be heard. And something that we really took note of at the town hall last night was that the the university has come under fire a great deal uh, in the past few years, even... Decades, I think, since the Trent 8 and all that. Yeah. Um, For their lack of, you know, authentic community consultation. The university does not exist in a vacuum, you know, it really has an impact on the city that's not just economic, but also environmental. And I think that this consultation process in its most ideal form can, you know, bridge the gap between town and gown. Um, And it's good to see that the university, you know, is taking that seriously. Uh, The community has made clear to the university that we want a seat at the table. and that the university has to honor that. Um, Also important to note that the university has gone to great lengths to um, incorporate indigenous traditional knowledge in the plan. Um, You know, they have, they've hired an indigenous consulting firm um, and they've been working, you know, quite closely with um, Carve Lake First Nation, Hiawatha First Nation, and the Trent Elders Council. So I think, you know, that really comes out of everything that happened with um, the wetlands development, the arena development, how the community was exposing some of the incongruencies with Trent's, you know, image as being... Um, a, you know, a leader in Indigenous studies in Canada, um, but how, you know, maybe there are some contradictions in how they're approaching other aspects of institutional growth. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the wetlands um, issue, the arena that was proposed to be built on wetlands, Uh, is a really great stepping stone, I think, into what the problems are that we can parse out from this lands plan and where the the sites of controversy are. Um, Yeah, as we mentioned, it's really clear that this plan aims to be um, driven by ecological and reconciliatory values um, in the sense that yeah, the firms they've hired are very focused, um, one, on Indigenous knowledge, incorporation of Indigenous knowledge and consultation into these processes, and then also um, environmental assessment firms, um, ecological design firms. And so in any case, it's when reading through these documents that we will um, attach, it's hard to see where the sites of controversy are, um, because the PR... Yeah, and I think it's not controversial to say the PR is very strong, very successful. Yeah. Yeah, the university has hired a very large corporation, a very successful corporation that has experience, you know, doing massive projects uh, to lead this phase of consultation. 
Um, so, and that is demonstrated in, you know, the communication strategy. Um, it is extremely well done. And I, it almost pains me to say that, but like the PR on this plan is just incredible in a lot of ways. Um, in, in the sense that it's, it's hard to, you know, wade through, um, it's hard to parse what's, you know, the university's language and what might be a more objective representation of information. Yeah. So the big side of controversy um, that has come up throughout this process has been the proposed moves of several gardens and um, agricultural projects to uh, the Trent nature areas. Um so, yeah, this is a big topic. It's one I've been deeply involved in um, because I've been one of the voices representing the we, what we call the growers groups, which is just a coalition of agricultural projects um, that have been traditionally run by students. Um, and we, yeah, we've been involved in advocating for ourselves, advocating for spaces um, and advocating to be really like interlaced into this plan as the plan has intended to do in their kind of like statement of values um we've kind of like yeah been involved in this project of like holding them accountable to those values and to those intentions and honestly it has been it's been really a long and arduous process but it's been relatively successful like i think the way that the community has um rallied around these farming projects, the Trent Vegetable Garden especially, um, and its proposed displacement has been really positive. Um, and so that's a big site of controversy, um, I think, from a few levels. Like, you can see it from the level of the Trent Nature areas being compromised as a, as a site of conservation um, by the incorporation of agriculture. Um, you know, you can say all you want about regenerative agriculture, but there are definitely people who are more preservationist and wouldn't don't want to see um, agriculture in sites that are uh, supposed to be nature areas, preserved, um, pristine, if you will. <laughs> um, and then also the guard, yeah, you can see it from the other perspective, which is also the the gardens' perhaps um, intention to be displaced. Um, the changes that will happen because of that, um, their consolidation as well. The soil. The, the loss of 15 years of soil that has been, um, re yeah, regenerated through agriculture. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot there in that issue and we hope to cover that more fully. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. We have a lot of knowledge, um, on this issue and we would love to share more specific details if you have any questions. Um, so what's another site of controversy? Well, something that came up a lot in last night's town hall was that um, the plan outlines uh, the potential for uh, a senior's village um, to be constructed on East Bank. Um, and you know, that it was really interesting to see that, uh, emerge, you know, kind of at the forefront of conversation last night, um, and for the community to respond in that way. Um, because 
The university has noted on their website that they are in negotiations with a long-term care provider um, to get this project moving forward. Um, and it's coming at a really interesting time, you know, with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, we've really seen, you know, the ugly underbelly of long-term care in Ontario and in Canada even more widely. Um, and so it's really interesting uh, that the university, you know, is seeking a public-private partnership, um, this specific kind of public-private partnership at this moment in time, um, just as, you know, there is there are grave ethical concerns about the privatization of long-term care. And, you know, I just wonder if that is on the university's radar um, and if it's changed, you know, how they're approaching that negotiations process. Yeah, another site of controversy or just at least um, critique can be the consultation process. Um, we know that there have been multiple delays in um, specifically uh, between phase one and phase two of this project. Um, we don't know why this is, but we do know that Trent changed their leads, um, their consulting leads. Uh, so the company that is now running um, their project, SVN is the name of that company, um, wasn't always the lead on these projects. So there was some kind of delay in the middle of those projects. Um, and yeah, we want to know how this might have changed uh, public engagement, how this might have changed some of the direction of the projects, and how this reflects the values of the institution and what the intentions behind this plan really are. And that's something yeah, we do want to talk about is just like how deeply rooted development is in this plan. Mm -hmm. um, even even with the incorporation of all these values and um, kind of like laying out an ethic for um, progress, it's still about developing the land. Yeah, the ethic is development. Yeah. <laughs> um, as well, um, you know, we we do have some con some questions about um, the indigenous consultation. Um, we know that a firm, Nibising uh, Consultants, consulting, consulting, um, run by Bob Goulet, has been um, working on this file for several years. Um, but we want to know more about how Indigenous voices have been incorporated into this plan. And yeah, at, at this time, we don't we don't have all the information, um, but we do want to hear from people who are who maybe were consulted, um, who were not, people who have commentary on this, um, because we just don't know enough to know um, the effectiveness of, I think, that, that Indigenous consultation. Well, yeah, just whether the university has done right by uh, their Indigenous stakeholders. Um, I think that, you know, with the wetlands slash arena development, we saw that um, the university in some ways had not done right by indigenous stakeholders. And so um, I think that that is something that we really need to keep a close eye on with this, you know, huge uh, 
consultation project that the university is engaged in. Um, yeah, it's just it's just an important question for us to be asking. Um, so, and what we're asking from our community is just for people to continue to support this issue as a live issue um, with the community. So that can be done in a variety of ways. That can be done by just um, on social media, you know, like we're producing information. There are some other people in the community who are working on advocacy around the lands plan. So finding them and um, promoting their voices as well. Um, we would love to hear from people who have opinions on this. Um, we are open to letters to the editor. Those can be, you know, short um, pieces of opinion that folks might have. Um, yeah, we, we just genuinely want to make sure that this continues to be active in the public sphere. We want people to be talking about this publicly. And, you know, we also encourage you all to go to the Trent website and fill out their online forum. You can do so until January 4th. Um, you know, the university, all things considered, is listening. Yeah, they said that they have received over 130 comments in that portal so far. Um, that's comments and questions. So if you have questions, they will genu generally filter those into their FAQ page. So that's a great place to look, to go see if your questions have been answered adequately. Um, if you have follow-ups, uh, you can go there and just see what has already been asked. As well, I think comments um, are going to be incorporated into a document that will be released uh, after the Board of Governors meeting, so probably um, early 2021. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to see that, to understand kind of the lay of the land, people's concerns, and what really came up through this consultation process, because I think it's a really important uh, vehicle for like the, the com where the community is at um, with Trent and um, what our values are right now. Read the plan. Take the time. Yeah, read the plan. Um, at the least, communicate through that portal with Trent and send them a comment or a question. At the most, send us something to publish so that we can keep this conversation alive in our community. Um, yeah, because we all need to be talking about this. There are rarely times that we can be engaged, that the university allows us in a very public way to be engaged. And we just, yeah, we totally have to take them up on it and show up for these conversations mm -hmm. or they'll stop having them. Yeah. We know the university is not a democracy, but sometimes they like to pretend that they are. And when they do, we have to take advantage of it. Thanks for listening to this Lands Plan Primer. If you're looking for more audio and podcast reporting from us, you can find us on our website, which is trentarthur.ca under the podcast tab. We'll also be featuring a few more articles about the lands plan. So keep your eyes on trentarthur.ca. Thanks for listening.